0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G show. I'm your host Patty G. We are here with the Bush brothers. Um yeah. I'm excited to hear about their story. It's already. We've got twice as many guests as we normally do. Three times as many guests as we normally do. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be able to go back and forth a lot and hearing about Horizon as a whole and what they do in their everyday life and talking about some broader aspects of planning your life from a financial standpoint, but also I want to get in with them the marketing element of the importance of audio and video and how you incorporate that in your entire marketing plan as a company and the benefits that you can see from that. And so before we get started, a big shout out. We are recording here in Falaya Focus Studio as we do every week. And thank you to our wonderful sponsors, Making This Possible, Government Taco, and these guys. (laughs) These guys are our recent sponsor picked up. If you listened last week, you know about them, and you're now going to hear their story of how they came to be. So without further ado, the Bush Brothers, I'll let you all go around and introduce yourselves so people listening can Get to know your voice and people watching can get to know your face. Well, let's start with the oldest and best looking.
1: (laughs) Uh, Bill Bush here. Uh, I'm actually the second of six of There's six of us. Wait, Um, there's six? Five boys and one girl. I'm the the number two son, so I'm the second oldest. So, Bill, and then there's Brother
2: Pete. I'm Brother Pete. I'm the third of six, um, safely hiding out in the middle. You know? And, uh, yeah, been out a while. And I'm...
3: The last of the bushes. The baby. I'm the
0: youngest. You're the baby. I'm the baby. Are and you the baby overall or just the baby brother? <laughs> I'm the
3: baby. Overall. The baby overall.
0: All right. See, I'm and the baby boy out, okay. of, out of five. So I'm fourth out of five. Doesn't he look like a cute little baby? Yeah, (laughs) so cuddly. And our voices voices are all the same. Yeah, Yeah, so when you say get to know our (laughs) voice, we all sound the same. The
1: voices are the same. The faces are your brothers, so it's all similar. Yeah, Yeah. the headshots in the promo were like, did they just use the same (laughs) headshot three times? It's a morphing. I I walked in and Jacob
0: told me, he's like, Patty, like, they all look exactly (laughs) the same. The DNA is very strong. If we can figure out a way to add in as y'all each speak who it is, <laughs> right. you know, throw it right. in there. Right. So what is Horizon?
2: Well, Horizon is a financial planning, wealth management firm. Uh, we've been, been at it quite a long time. It has existed now for 22 years. Um, for the first eight years of my career was with another firm and then broke off in late 99 and started what is now Horizon. So uh, we help people uh, with all sorts of things, but in general, help them become more confident with their uh, with their finances,
0: with their financial management. So, were all three of y'all in the financial management field prior to the opening of Horizon, or how did that how did that origin get there? I know you opened it in '99, yeah. but specifically, how did the three of you decide to work together?
2: Yeah, you want to tackle that?
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll tackle part part your part,
3: part. my part. Uh, well, I've known these guys all my life. I'll start there. Um, no, uh, so so interestingly enough, the the company that Pete worked with prior to uh, Horizon, I had joined about six months before prior to, yeah. to him. Leaving. Yeah. So in '99, mid '99, I joined. Just as a uh, you know, my my role for that guy was uh, at the that advisor at the time was kind of a little bit of a, a computer tech guy i mean i'm i'm really not that much of a tech guy but i knew a little bit about it and then as as uh time went on i ended up uh joining back with pete getting uh securities license so i got securities license in 2000 bill on the other hand yeah yeah i'm actually
1: uh, on my third career so about never too late to change yeah about eight years ago these guys came to me and said hey we're really building something special down here in Baton Rouge, so we kind of grew up here. I was up in Alexandria. I was uh, administrator of a couple of post acute care hospitals, and they said, "Hey, we want you to be a part of this. We think you know, I had a marketing bra- background and some broadcasting background before the hospital thing, and they said, you know, we think uh, you'd be great in the business and using your skills to kind of push it and, and advance it further." So about six and a half years ago, I I joined the firm, moved the family down from Alexandria back home, and got licensed and now I'm one of them yeah yep.
2: the family business so when everybody always says uh you know how's it how's it uh being in business with your family you know normally you get a mixed bag on that but right. you know you probably have already figured out we uh we all get along really well <laughs> and we have a great time together yeah and well, i s- you- we broke enough drywall when we were younger. <laughs> yeah, we, we got it all out of the way. Right. Most, most of it. Most, most, most of it. Of it
0: the, the, the pecking order was already established prior to <laughs> yeah. the beginning yeah. of the business. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah,
2: it's interesting, though, because when Bill was coming on board, we had consulted with him on a couple of creative projects when he was still back in uh, Alexandria. And he, uh, he has that background as a sportscaster and a lot of uh, uh, familiarity with filming and audio and all that stuff. And we were... We're actually uh, filming uh, somewhat of a little commercial or whatever mm-hmm. i was like man we got to go to bill he's very creative <laughs> you know and yeah. and so we did a couple of things like that and then it just evolved it was like man you know uh the things had really started moving digital you know so i know you want to talk about podcasting and marketing things like that and i was like well you know it neither one of us are experts on that and You know, I think Bill would tell you he's probably not an expert on that, but he, but he's a quick study and he, and it's his thing, you know, so very creative mind and has added that element to what is traditionally thought of as, you know, old stodgy, boring financial analytical, you know, so bringing some of that creativity into a wealth management firm is a differentiator Mm
0: -hmm, right mm -hmm. so so bill you had a sportscaster
1: or broadcaster background graduated uh broadcast journalism from lsu minored in business administration so took some finance classes economics those kind of things actually used to work with jacques doucey he was my Uh, weekend guy when i did sports yeah Yeah. so i worked in lafayette and alexandria as a sportscaster and uh kind of gave that up got in the marketing world and then the hospital marketing and then administration from there so yeah
0: and then went and studied for all
1: the finance oh, courses. Oh, fun stuff! And you <laughs> back back school. I um, was on the verge of turning fifty. I was almost fifty when I, you know, came down here and, and joined them. So yeah, back to school for pretty much uh, months on end, just learning it. You know,
0: wow. And that, in and of itself, making a big career change at what some people would see as the latter part of your life or your yeah. career is ultimately a tough decision to
1: make. Right? No, for sure. I mean, but. It's kind of like one of those things, you know, uh, you, nothing ventured, nothing gained, and you know, you're, you, the cliff is there, it looks pretty enticing, why not jump, you know? That's, <laughs> that's a fact.
3: As you can see, the stress has made him lose some
1: of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I still have a couple Charlie Brown pieces there.
0: Well, I, he, he he talks, but as the youngest, right, he's, got right, the, right, right. he's got the the... Well, Baldest yeah, and here. Andy
1: and I get accused a lot. We, we work a, a lot closely in the 401k division of Horizon. So we are the advisors on about 75 company retirement plans. And so when we go out and service those plans, a lot of people, you know, think we're twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And a lot so, of people think <laughs> when we tell them we're just brothers and not twins, they think he's the
0: oldest brother. which yeah, I kind do. of enjoy. We shame. do enjoy that. Yeah. It's such a shame. Yeah. Is it though? I mean, yeah. is it a shame? Because I get, I don't know what it is about the younger brothers, but I get the same thing with my older uh, brothers. Yeah. You know, that we'll be going in public and they'll be like, oh yeah, he's the oldest brother. And they all look at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he's, well, he's got like, I'm five years older than uh, him. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, right. Right.
2: well, we tell everybody that, you know, new people that come in or people that inquire about coming to work at our firm or whatever. You know, I always tell them, and may, they may be young and have a full set of hair like you, and no DNA relationship to the Bush brothers. Yeah. But I always joke with them and tell them, "Hey, man, this industry's tough, and I can tell you, in a couple of years, you're going to look just like this." <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hair moves from the head to the. Face. Yeah, exactly. that's right It yeah, won't right. take long.
0: Grow where it's you stressful. can. You know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So, making the leap to leave the firm that you're at, what kind of went through? your thought process of doing that. I mean, not everybody yeah. decides when they're working for someone, I'm going to leave. I think I can do this better. Right. You know, it takes a different mentality to recognize opportunity within that realm.
2: Yeah, you, you mature. You know, you you come in as a young person right out of school or what have you, and you, you're a complete, uh, you know, blank slate, right? So you're learning kind of as you go, uh, forming your belief system up. And you're so you're experiencing what, you know, what you're experiencing in that firm, but you're also starting to pay attention to how other people do it. You're reading about the industry, you're taking in information as you grow as a professional. And I think that's where the road started to diverge a little bit. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of more interested in this type of firm. I'm more interested in, you know, maybe attracting these types of clients and it just did, you get out of alignment. And so it wasn't about going and doing something better. It was really going about doing something different and and that was you know it took a lot of courage it took you know uh financial risk you know going out i mean i always say we we left and and uh signed a note on a building and you know started our own business you know my my son was uh my wife was due with my son like a few months later so you know you got a growing family that's an
0: even bolder yeah (laughs)
2: pressure but uh that just told you that you know, it, Bill said it earlier, I mean, you know, fortune favors the bold, right? You have to, you have to commit, put your stake in the ground. And once you do, it's sort of like things start to unfold in your favor, right? That wouldn't have ever, you would have never seen them. You could have never counted on them, but it's like, just by making that bold step, you the universe starts to move you right. know, as well. So that that's really what it was. It was about coming into the industry uh, more as a, you know, inexperienced rookie And then developing some thoughts about, you know, one day I want to be, have my own
0: thing. Yeah. And I think nowadays that if you would have approached your employer, I think they would have found a way to expand their existing reach and their existing product line. Because in today's workflow, you can't afford to have employees just walk off and start their own business. I mean, we've seen over the last two years, the labor shortage is just astronomical, Mm -hmm. but in part with you saying that the universe just started kind of opening up, a lot of people tend to attribute some success to entrepreneurs as luck. But what I was reading the other day is somebody put it, it's not so much of luck, but it's you looking for those opportunities. Yeah. If you were in your regular quote unquote nine to five job, you're not necessarily looking to go out and reach 78 different people to have 401k plans Mm, you know you may be looking to grow that next customer that next customer when you're owning your own business and growing your own practice your view becomes so (laughs) much wider you start looking everywhere to find opportunities instead of waiting for a lead to come in and sitting there and hoping someone else refers. you're now i have to grow a business yeah you had a kid coming Right. There are different <laughs> things that play into it yeah. that now your mindset and your viewpoint is totally changed from that of an employee. No doubt about it. And, you know, the, the old Thomas Jefferson thing,
2: right? You know, I believe in luck. The harder I work, the luckier I get. And, and there's a lot of that that goes into starting a business from scratch, basically from scratch. I mean, I had some clients that followed us, right? Anytime you're dealing in a professional relationship with somebody, I mean, you develop a personal relationship as well. So there was some foundation there to start with, but it was compared to today, it was just extremely small and you just had to go build, build on top of that. So, you know, finding people, you know, again, there's a lot of trust in this family and finding people like that, that you can lock arms with, um, you
0: you got something you can build on. Right. I mean... Or is it just in reality, you kind of felt bad for the middle brother and you're like, we'll go, we'll go help him out. I got help. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. So what was the, the conversation like with you to make the switch? Say, hey, come, come work with me. Were you already sold when he said, I want to do this? Or was it some convincing that you were unsure of initially?
3: Yeah, so so I'm probably not as risky of a person as Pete is. Uh, he's a little more uh, bold and, and visionary uh, in in the way he approaches life, uh, whereas I'm probably a little more uh, reserved. But but I was approached by, like I said, his his former uh, advisor uh, boss, I guess you would say, uh, that he was affiliated with, um, and and that that attraction was. I wasn't really going into the, the financial uh, advisory world. I was just going to help, right? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I can do that. When, when we talked about, uh, you know, after he left, it was, uh, it was okay, well, this is going to be different, you know, and, and, and I'm going to have to just, uh, you know, roll up my sleeves and strap up my boots
0: and go forward. Right. You're going from doing an instruction to now figuring out what those instructions are.
3: Yeah, and kind of learning along the way from Big Brother, and um, and because uh, he he had uh, I guess ten years almost ahead of me of uh, experience, and so kind of learning <laughs> learning what he did good and what he didn't do what so good, and so you know that's that's been my life though, you know, is learning from the the examples that these guys set the the good, bad, and ugly.
0: Right,
2: yeah. and and there's a lot to learn. Well, I, I told him at one point when you're coming over, I was like, I bet we can succeed before the electric bills do. I bet we can find. <laughs> exactly. I bet before the rent is due, we right. can find a couple of clients. That's <laughs> right. right. At least
0: at least one client to pay that electrical uh, we bill. Can, we we can may survive. not be able to eat, but yeah. you know that's yeah. fine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I, I think that in and of itself is what scares a lot of people away from making that jump, mm. even in the professional field. You know, you've got your set list of clients, but your clients that you work with closely may be just enough that you can't really bring on a team and still pay their mm-hmm. salaries. Yeah, so right. as the owner, you've got to, you know, as financial planners calculate, what can you afford to not make and for how long before you've got to start really looking at stuff?
2: You're constantly putting yeah. bets on the table and yeah. the, some of the bets are on people, you know, and those don't always pan out, right? You do have a uh, uh, You end up at this stage of the game, been out at 30 years now, and you end up with bets that paid off really, really well. For instance, uh, you know, our COO at Horizon has been with us 20 years now. She's in her 21st year, and she started when she was 19. So she turns, she actually turns 40 this year. and she's been with us 20 almost 21 years you're supposed to say that (laughs) yeah yeah maybe not uh but but uh you know that's a that's an example of we weren't even looking for anybody at the time and she was still in college and you know it's like okay well part-time help whatever you know we'll figure it out and then you stumble into you know one of the more amazing workers you know people that you've ever come across and and that's why that one worked out really well but then there's others that you know you take a chance you'd like oh this is going to be great you know oh, andy knows this about me they're all it's, yeah. this going to be great <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect person uh, i am uh, he's the no, pure pure I optimist i am an unashamed optimist you yeah. know but
3: I, i'll say this i mean to that point you know the older i get and the more i've experienced and and in, in life uh you know you get to that point where you're like well let's just do it You know, and don't think, don't overthink it. I think Jack Welsh said he wished that he wouldn't have spent so much time pondering over decisions just make them. And then if it's the wrong one, he'll figure it out pretty quickly and don't be wrong long. And if it's the right one, then, you know, he started early.
2: There's a risk in doing nothing too. I mean, you know, and that's, that's when you asked about leaving that other, uh, that other arrangement I was in. It was it was there's a cost to leave and I can get my calculator out and I can go, well, I got to sign up the electric bill. I got to get a building. I got to do you can easily figure out the cost to leave. But there's a cost to stay in certain situations that you can't calculate and you don't see those until you leave. So just always know there is a cost to stay and it's harder to figure out.
0: Mm. Right. Because sometimes it's not always monetary.
2: That's right. Yeah. A
0: lot of times it's mostly not monetary. Yeah. It's yeah. your state of mind. Lifestyle, peace of mind. Yeah. 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 Those kind of things matter for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? And then you know it's so much so that you uproot your entire life and change cities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
1: From your wife's hometown. Yeah,
0: wow. that's yeah. pull that one off. How did <laughs> that... that's courage?
1: What was the dinner <laughs> table <laughs> conversation <laughs>
0: like? <laughs> Telling well, her oh, we have to leave your hometown. I, I think uh,
1: I think you know I think just well I had a small daughter. She was nine when we moved, and she was not happy about it. But I think the general thought was there are opportunities out there that we don't, you know, can't don't have here bigger city, you know, certainly better opportunities for our daughter and also career wise for both of us, you know, uh and so it wasn't a, a long conversation really it's like you know i think we were ready for something like the that points were laid out yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and well, we, i mean they, they kind of worked on me over time you know it yeah. wasn't just a hey a couple of years yeah. yeah yeah a couple years yeah right. but just the collaborating back and forth on some of those other projects you know certainly warmed me up to the possibility of like yeah this could be something you know right
0: one mm-hmm. well, it's especially with family business you don't necessarily always want to mix business with yeah. family and so having that, being on the outside, looking in at the family business is one thing, you know, I'm, I'm in that situation right mm-hmm. now with my family's business, they're mm-hmm. running it, my brothers are in it, my parents are in it, yeah. and I'm from that outside looking in, and it's, you're able to see, okay, they're building something, it's great, but at what point do you actually jump in with them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a nervous moment because you don't know what's going to happen in the relationships. At work, at home, at Thanksgiving, right. what's it going right. to turn right. into? Yeah, you know, are you going to come in one day, have a bad morning, and then now you're making your entire day worse with your brothers? Yeah, or exactly. is it a relationship there that they can maybe fix it? Right, yeah. you know, it's a dance you got to figure out. I mm-hmm. mean, for sure,
1: and that is why they
0: made bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> and we get that honest. <laughs> that's, that's, that's That's right. Look, hey, sometimes at the end of the day, look. Tax seasons. We're in the heat of tax season Man, right now right. for us, yeah. and you know, bourbon. Mini fridges next to the desk after yeah. 5 yeah. o'clock. If you're still at yeah. the office, you have those people call you and say, "How creative can we get this year?" Yeah. <laughs> you say, "Well, I'm only one glass in, not that creative. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, right, right. call me an that's hour. Awesome. That's right, call yeah. me in an hour." Well, we
2: we were born in Bourbon Land. So yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah, we're born yeah. in Louisville, Kentucky uh, moved across the river into Indiana. So we grew up around all that, uh, that world. And, yeah. you know, tobacco and bourbon, and tobacco yeah, like bourbon so and bourbon. So how did farm. y'all end up here? Our, our dad changed jobs back in the late seventies, 79. 79 yep. Um, if you, I mean, the economy was terrible then it was, if you look back, it was, yeah. uh, you know, a terrible time in the economy. And, and so we lived on a farm,
1: lived on a farm. My mom has relatives in Alexandria. Yeah. So we came down to visit them and, while we were on that trip dad kind of came on down to baton rouge and Geismar, and he was job a job interview yeah he was in the chemical
2: industry you know right yeah so then and talk about you know him moving his nine-year-old daughter i mean we were teenagers we were and i mean we were yeah. i was i was in seventh grade i think I Was in the grade. ninth yeah in yeah, ninth grade so you know it was that was a that's a really tough time to move because you know yeah. you're you're just you're into your friends you're into your teammates if you're playing sports and all that so Coming down here, again, the fear was, what are we even walking into? Mm-hmm. Fortunately for us, we were all really good students, and we were coming from Indiana, which at the time was the fifth-ranked school system in the country. And we didn't know it. We didn't know. We didn't and we, know we were coming to Louisiana, which was, I don't know, say 49th. I'm going <laughs> to round it off. <laughs> uh, but but we, we came down here. We did really well in school. So right away, school was you know something we handled pretty easy. And then, from an athletic standpoint, we we actually grew up in a town of a hundred people.
1: Yeah, I mean, there were a between 100? two towns. I think there were fifty people in my class. <laughs> so you know? it was a really small Real rural area, yeah. and yeah. so kind of like moved,
2: Hoosiers, you know that. Yeah, really. Yeah, that you move do. into a big city like everybody this everybody played Oklahoma. every position on every yeah. team. Yeah. Right? That's no right.
3: football. That's right. <laughs> no football at the school. You know,
2: not enough people to feel a right. team. Yeah. 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 So so we came from that to go over to sherwood uh middle or you were at bel-air we went to we bel-air Bel you la went B- to la bel-air yeah.
1: yeah that was kind of one of the uh, injustices i started high school in indiana for a couple months was in ninth grade moved down here wherever we lived i was zoned for sherwood junior high i was like well no Demoted. i'm in high school i'm, a, yeah. I'm in <laughs> ninth grade i'm in high so i went from high school to junior high and then the next back year out. back to high school at bel-air yeah, yeah i went to bel-air <laughs> That's we literally literally <laughs> moving
3: down here. We were like the Clampets. We had nah. uh, our dad had a, a a truck, a pickup truck with rafters, and I mean we had stuff piled yeah. on that, and it was it we're was pig farmers, like a, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. I so
0: bring your pigs down here?
2: Did not bring Unloaded the pigs them.
0: down. No. Unloaded them before.
3: And Andy's got
1: a great picture of the farm in his office. I yeah. did,
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. We and you know that's that was our thing coming here is we always say kind of to Bill's comment about moving to Baton Rouge, uh, a few years back, we always say like, you know, how did we get here from, from there? there? When we look at that picture, <laughs> picture. Yeah. how did we get here from there? And, um, and it's, uh, it's an interesting story because like I said earlier, you take that leap, we didn't take it. Our parents took it, but all the things that unfolded in our favor from being in a bigger city versus the little farm town that we were in at the time. Yeah. You know, we would have gone off and done something, but it's there's yeah. so much more opportunity in a bigger city. Tractor, we're not accidents, so, who knows? Right? We're, <laughs> we're
1: not so
0: certain that they have internet at this point. <laughs> yeah. They do have one four-way stop still. Yeah. They do. Yeah. Well, look, four-way is a big improvement over a two-way. Big time. <laughs> right. exactly. No doubt. So, yeah. I mean, ex- exactly to your point of growing up in a rural community, and to now being a financial advisor mm. is just two totally different yeah. shifts of the mm-hmm. spectrum. It's not even yeah. remotely close. We didn't
2: even know anybody that had any money when we were growing yeah. up, right? Yeah, really. I mean, everybody was farm. Uh, we blue-collar parents, six kids, grew up on a farm. Scarcity right. was the only talk about money was scarcity of money. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So was it that mentality that drove you to pursue how can we avoid it? I I think subconsciously it's in there. So I've, I've, I've done some
2: some of these little exercises where you try to peel back your story and your motivation. And I, I vividly remember a time when I was running to the bus stop and, uh, remember how we had to go down the hill, down the gravel hill. When you got to the bottom, well there was a it was washed out a little bit so when it would rain there'd be puddles, puddles right there and you yeah. had to jump over the puddle to mm-hmm. keep going to get to the bus stop to this, get on the bus. It sounds like a
0: uphill in the snow but yeah. 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 it really right. is. So far it's fairly it's, accurate. <laughs> I let you know. That. Yeah, yeah, it,
2: it's like something out of an old movie, right? So anyway, you 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 jump over the puddle. Well that particular day I didn't make it. I landed in the somewhat in the puddle and and I didn't realize at the time but I had the old Chuck Taylor Converse shoes, right? The the white ones. Or we, we had red. We had red. red. And um, jumped over that. Well, you know, remember the thin rubber on the bottom of those shoes? They would wear out, you know, over time. And apparently mine had worn out and I had a hole in it. So I get on the bus and I'm like, oh, man, my socks all soggy. And, you know, so I go to school, whatever. I, I Afterwards, our mom actually taught at the school. So on the way home, uh, I remember telling her when I got home, mom, I, I need a new pair of shoes. I have, I have a hole in my shoe. And uh, she said, well. You're you're just gonna have to wait. I got we got to get you know Tom, my brother Tom's shoes or somebody else. And it wasn't goes, me. It wasn't yeah, Andy. It was Andy. <laughs> Andy went barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the ba- that's the baby proof. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. the yeah. and, hand me downs. <laughs> right, 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 And as I thought back on that, I I remember thinking to myself like, what? Like yeah. I can't. I, I need yeah. new shoes. And I think that's in there somewhere. I think it's like you know I'm not gonna live like that when I get grow up and I have a choice in the matter. So. It's probably in there motivating me somewhere. Yeah, and that's that's part of the purpose of having that farm because
3: we certainly didn't have much of anything and we grew a lot of the stuff that we consumed and, uh, and All so, legal. All right, all right. Legal. <laughs> granted. Granted, I all mean, it legal. Sounds like this is back in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, I think though the, the the legality of the issues were not at the, yeah, the forefront. The, the, we didn't invite the law. Let's just say it that way. We, we could run a
1: little faster when we heard helicopters.
3: That's right. <laughs> but but I think that's part of it. Is you grow up in this in this time where I mean, and I was I was the bottom of the hand me downs, and yeah. so I got those shoes about three years later. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Did
0: they come with a warning: hole, <laughs> yeah. foot will get wet. That's right, <laughs> exactly. But I think that is that's got to be a part of it because now with what you do interacting with your clients every day is you're ensuring that they don't have to experience that either with the planning and what you're setting up for them with the longevity of how they can plan themselves financially over the course of their life it's almost as if you have this passion to not only help yourselves but to also look at it from your client's perspective and say look i don't want you to have to, you know, go back to this farm. Right.
1: Oh, 100%. And I and I look back on the three careers I've, I've been fortunate to be in, and each one of those in its own way has kind of been helpful to others, right? You know, the, the broadcasting thing was, "Hey, let's let people know what happened today." You know, let's make sure people are informed. The healthcare, obviously, that was, you know, you felt really good about helping people when they're at their worst, you know. And now, just to to be helpful for folks to try to figure things out that can be complex, right, or the unfamiliar, and to give them some direction. And I think the planning piece is a big part of that, which is kind of what Horizon, you know, we lead with that. You know, everybody should have a plan, and it might you might need to adapt it, uh, adopt and change it as time goes on. But you should have a plan. Or if a pandemic hits, yeah, <laughs> <if a> pandemic <laughs> hits. yeah, you have
0: to make the adjustments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And successful
2: sure. people do tend to do those things. They, they tend to seek out advice, uh, so that they minimize errors. They make a plan and then they just take action. And that sounds like a very, very simple path to take, mm-hmm. but so very few people are actually able to do it and you just get in your way. Fear gets in there. Um, procrastination, definitely a big piece of it. So that the formula is kind of simple, you know, to his point, but, the execution is, is is not as easy as it sounds. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean it can also be a generational issue as well, right? You sure. know, if you're raised in a certain household, your mentality and your thought is not always twenty year looking down the line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's living, you know It's getting the next how, pair how, of shoes. How, how are we gonna, get the, next, how are we gonna yeah. get the next pair of shoes? Yeah for, you know, little Andy over here, yeah. <laughs> yeah poor little Andy. There's
3: actually a, a very good book that uh, we all recently read called "The Psychology of Money" Probably by Morgan point. Housel, and one of the things he actually says is, people's experiences, particularly early on in their life, tend to frame the way they go about their financial lives in in the future. And what kind of risk they take and what kind of risk they don't take. And yeah. and so, and it's very true. I mean, you look at folks that were born during the Great Depression or, or raised during the Great Depression, mm-hmm. you know, and they had uh, parents that stuffed money in coffee cans, literally. Right. Uh, because they didn't trust banks, you know, and they mm-hmm. didn't want to put their money there. And so, uh, and they have a very different way of living than someone that was born you know, in the '80s, but there were their parents were experiencing great markets, you know, and and pretty decent economies.
2: Yeah, know. whatever you were hearing around the kitchen table, dinner right. table, whatever, when you were seven, eight, you know, six, seven, eight years old, that sticks.
0: Yeah. It influences you mm-hmm. as you get to grow older. And I'm curious yep. to see now what children who are raised, and specifically from 2020 to 2022 during this pandemic, or however long it's going to last, yeah. they're now having the conversations of a whole different mindset. Right? Right. If you can plan and look at everything and look at the past and what we project is going to happen, but you can still get hit in the face with a curveball mm. that mm. nobody saw coming. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. And and a, a financial plan is there's a there's the quote. The financial plan is useless, but the act of doing a financial plan yeah. is priceless because yeah. you're actually collecting where you are now, what you hope to attain down there. And, and there's always going to be something that's going to, you know, come out of left field that's going to potentially disrupt you. But if you have that plan in place and you know kind of where you want to go, you're going to reset, you know, even yeah, yeah. though something comes, you're going to be able to reset and say, that's still where I want to go.
2: Right. And you, that's a big point, the vision of yeah. where you're going. That That is the piece that has to come first. You have to see yourself, not so much what do you want to have, although that could come into play with goals and whatnot. But what do you want to be? You know, do I want to be a successful business person? Do I want to be a philanthropist? Do I want to be someone who educates my children about money? And these narratives that you start telling yourself in your head about what do I want to actually be, that drives your behavior and what you read and how you think about money and all those things. So, you know, not, not so much the greed side of it, like, man, I want to have a, a, a big car or a place at the beach or this or that. Mm-hmm. Those things are fine in and of themselves, but it's really the, the, you know, deeper than that as far right. as what drives your behavior.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's driving your, <clears throat> for some people, it's their longevity of just them and their spouse. Mm-hmm. For others, it's I want to have my generations after me mm-hmm. taken care of. Absolutely. Right. And some people are fortunate enough to take care of too. multiple yeah. generations in certain various different ways that they can. I think and there's some that thing. can You say, look, we want to make sure we're good till we're 85, 95 years old. Yeah. And when we run out, we run out, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and it's one of the things, like, when I w- would be standing there with my soggy sock back in the day, you're not even conceptualizing those types of things. But, you know, we talk to people about, you know, the, the uh, financial version of the airline spiel where you put the oxygen mask on yourself before you help others. Yeah. And I think if you get to a point where you feel like, you know what, I've we've done well, we're good, now what can I do to reach down and pull others up. And that's, uh, to me, uh, we see a lot of our clients doing that. That's, it's one of the things that motivates them. And, you know, how do you use this almost social capital to make their world better, make, you know, a future generation of the family members better. And they start thinking beyond themselves once they realize like, okay, I think I'm going to be pretty good.
0: Yeah. Once you achieve, like you said, you put that oxygen mask on yourself, Mm -hmm. you become a lot more willing and open-minded to helping other people. Get their oxygen mask on in a certain way, Perfect. and y'all are doing sure. that in a creative aspect through the medium of audio mm-hmm. via mm-hmm. a podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. what kind of brought that about? Because it <laughs> looks like y'all been doing that for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. podcasting just podcasting in 2022 is just now getting to businesses as a viable marketing plan. Right. Y'all started it way before podcasting was. Even on businesses, thought of something that would be viable. Yeah,
1: well, uh, that was part of my skill set, you know, just doing the audio and being around the broadcasting thing and then just really trying to figure it out. We, you know, we did feel it's a great way to multiply yourself and multiply your message. Highly shareable, you know, you're opting in, you can subscribe and hey, I'm getting the next episode right to my phone, right? We use it a lot in the 401k space as uh, our podcast is called inside the plan with the 401k brothers. And so Andy and I are the 401k brothers. We are, we are <laughs> brothers, and, uh, but, but not, not twins twin brothers, but not twins. <laughs> and so we use it to, uh, to educate participants. Yeah. You know, we, we do episodes that, you know, contain financial and retirement type topics a lot in the early episodes. We were talking about the technicals of the some basics, things inside you know, yeah. of plans. But yeah. then we started shifting to some more quanti- uh, qualitative and behavioral type topics. But these are episodes that the plan sponsors of those 401k plans can then filter down to their employees, kind of fulfilling that fiduciary duty of making education. sure the yeah. education yeah. piece is there. You know, so we do that with the 401k plans. We We do have a Confident Wealth podcast that we do on the wealth management side as well. And then the other thing Horizon does is we actually have affiliated advisors throughout the country. It's called the Horizon Advisor Network. We have a podcast we do there. Not as many episodes, but it's about building your practice as a financial advisor. And so that has its own audience, you know. And so those are the three. And I guess we should say yeah, we got another one coming up. we got another one coming up. We do. So uh, gonna have four. It, it's going to be called the Runway Decade pod, podcast. And it's tied in with a book that Pete and I are working on that will be out in May. And so it's kind of geared toward folks in their late forties, basically the decade of the fifties, kind of that runway to retirement. And so the, some great professionals in their fifties will be interviewing that can bring something of value to others of us folks in our fifties, trying to figure it out. Right. Trying to really make some good progress before we do get to retirement.
2: Yeah. We're excited about that one because it's the way we're saying it is it's just. People in their fifties talking to other people in their fifties about being in your fifties, not all financial, but obviously we're advisors. So, you know, that, that trickles in there. Uh, but just a bottom line is that you're in this, something happens when you cross over 50, every decade sorta has its thing, but for whatever reason, anybody you talk to that just turned 50 or is about to turn 50, all of a sudden it's almost like you peeked over a hill and you can see retirement. Yeah, It's right. still out there, but it's all of a sudden it becomes real. Yeah, yeah. and you start really, really considering it.
0: That's you know, right. In your 20s and your 30s and even your 40s, you're all, we're going to work forever. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to worry about this. Mm-hmm. 20 years from now, we'll still be working. Yeah. You hit 50, year oh there's there it is the, yeah. the light of the tunnel is now starting to become yeah. visible yeah. so and so, and things are happening at the
3: same time you got kids that are maybe getting out of the house with exception of bill <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then parents that have that have already retired and are yeah. kind of maybe getting to a, a point where they need more care and so there's there's things that are happening that really get your thinker going you know yeah. there's like oh that might be me and, you know, probably going to be there, me. There's some commonality for
1: sure yeah. of People that people go through in their fifties. I think the great thing that any podcast does is it kind of shows your authenticity, right? People can experience you and sample you as a person, as a thinker, without actually having met you yet, but it is a good introduction, you know, so to all those plan participants that maybe might be hesitant to reach out or whatever, or have a question, they can go there and, and maybe get some good education, but also find a way, okay, well, I, I like what these guys are saying. Maybe I can get in touch with them, you know, or for potential clients, you know, what are these guys really about? What, what is their mindset? How can they help me?
0: And so we hope that's what comes across in those digital platforms, you know? Yeah. And it's like you said, you're able to give it to the businesses that have people in there mm-hmm. and educate them. And I think that in and of itself, the, The long form content that's created via a podcast, or what we're doing tonight, is a vodcast. Yeah, and you have that element that you can now share with different people, so much so that you can put it in your email signature. Right, you know, listen to our latest show here. Check out our, you know, conglomeration of the four shows we've got going on to get more educated, to learn more. Are you fifty? Listen to this episode. You know, Mm -hmm. that stuff Mm -hmm. is easily shareable across emails, across social channels, and it's always there forever in time. Yeah. You know, like I said when yeah. I listened to one of y'all's, I think it was the the horizon the one that's just more about general stuff. Yeah. 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 It was y'all were talking about was. in March of twenty twenty. <laughs> and you look at it as it's a timestamp in someone's life. Yeah. yeah. And how at that point in time the mindset that was occurring is always saved. Right. You know, it's not lost to kind of a board frozen meeting. It's yeah. frozen in time and yeah. you can always listen to it over and over again. But the stuff that's explicitly educational People can go back to that if they don't know anything of, mm-hmm. of it, and you can start furthering that fiduciary duty.
1: Yeah, and and you know, the yeah. other great thing, and you guys probably know this, is the, the barriers to entry aren't quite what they used to be for something nope. like this, yeah. right? I mean, the equipment, there is a cost. It's not as expensive as you might think. There is some figuring it out, right? And, you know, I don't know what a RSS feed and all the podcasts, what a, you know hosting and all that stuff, we figured out, you know, and, uh, and so we do have a little studio at the office that we have a podcast, uh, set up. We also have a green screen for some videos. We do, we, you know, obviously a lot of people have done a lot of webinars in the last couple of years and, and we've done our share for sure. But, um, it's just kind of one of those things, Hey, we need to go on and do something. It's there and set up and ready to go. You right. Know. It's
0: easily able to create the content yeah. to put out there. You don't have to bring in a team to make yeah. it. Right.
2: Yeah, Well, the shareable thing that you brought up a minute ago is big time. And, and it's just the evolution. I mean, we all grew up in the era of the Polaroid camera where, <laughs> you know, the picture comes out, you know, and it's instant. You used to have to go get it developed, right. you know, down at Albertsons or wherever. Now you could shoot the picture out and you could shake it and you could now all of a sudden the picture's coming in. But the only people you could share that with were like in the vicinity, right? Who
0: could tangibly hold on to it? And now
2: you pick up your phone, you boom, you share it out, and thousands, millions, whoever's watching—you know, if you're a celebrity, certainly, a lot of people are watching. But it's that is that is the difference between old form, what I would call old form radio, Mm -hmm. and this format of podcasting, in the sense that they have the little up arrow button with the box on your cell phone. Share Patty G Show share horizon show. And in an instant, you know, it's to somebody across the country versus somebody just in the vicinity. So when Bill was getting going, I read a quote by Seth Godin, who is a big well-known marketer. And he said, and this was probably 2012, I would think somewhere around there, 2013. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, and it said, um, every company today is a media company. And and I, I read that, I looked at that, and I was like, we're financial advisors. I mean, we're not a media <laughs> company. I mean, I disagree with this quote. And I sat there and I read it again. Every company is a media company today. And I just kept processing that, and then I realized I got it. Right? And, and it's just it's not so much that you're in the media business, but the way that your c- content and your business is consumed today is it makes you into a media company.
0: Right. And the way that you can distribute it, the playing field is almost level across every single platform, every industry. I can sit with someone and in 10, 15 minutes map out a content strategy that's unique to them. That's going to put them on a different level. You know, I think it was two weeks ago we had Galen Iverstein of Iverstein Farms on there. Mm, After the show, we talked Mm. about, look, you need to get a camera in the back shop. You need to start filming people making those cuts. You need to start filming all the cleaning, all the deliveries that you're making, all that is beautiful content, and it's unique to your company, right? The Bush brothers are unique to Horizon. Creating content around that is huge that nobody can replicate. They can maybe mimic or try and copy and paste, but it's still unique to the three of you. Yeah, And that's how many thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of podcasts and shows are out there, that could be talking about similar topics, but you have the unique host, the unique hostess that are bringing this content to life, the unique business owner. Everyone's story is unique. You know, that's the beauty of this show is showcasing people in Baton Rouge and Louisiana with all of their unique stories. We're episode, I think, 107 right now with y'all. No story has been the same. We've crossed over industries, but every story is different, and every company has the ability like I was telling y'all, my first three two shows were on an iPhone eight. Yeah, mm-hmm. the excuse of lack of equipment is gone. It's hundred percent.
1: I was about to say I gave a presentation for a group of advisors last summer, and just you know, we I told them what the equipment we had, and you know, kind of the low barrier to entry. But really, it's everybody's got a studio in their pocket now. You know, uh, it, like you said, the iPhone eight. Yeah, perfect. You know, I recording, I could record a podcast, send it on its way and uh, do videos and, and all that it's it's right
0: there now with with certain hosting platforms we use anchor and anchor has the ability on your phone to record it straight onto the platform in in clips mm. so i can go yeah. and have interviews at a live event yeah. put all those clips together automatically press publish, and they're going to distribute it to all the different mediums. There you mm-hmm. go. And it's going to be out there for all for everyone to hear. I mean, eventually you can upgrade to, the, you know, the full eye of focus studio quality, where we've got, you know, some sure SMB7s, we've got some great Canon cameras over sure. here, and we've got the big light. But you don't need that from a business's standpoint no, to get right. started. Yeah. You and, learn along the way.
2: And you don't have to be the expert either. I mean, you, you know, don't. The, the, the who, not how, you know, in the true who, not how fashion is, there is a who for everything. You know, and it's just finding that person, seeking them out because you know you're going to have business owners that sit there and go, "I don't even want to learn all that stuff," I did, but I would show up and talk, and that's mm-hmm. kind of more me. And Bill really is and more me. his thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a show up and talk. Yeah, yeah. you show up for the pretty face, the yeah. you know. radio face, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, that is one downside. Do you have people have to see our face? You know. Yeah, that's right. We could hide on radio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But Yeah, it's exactly that. The business owners don't necessarily need to know all of this gear. They don't need to be like Jacob yeah. sitting over there with the board, controlling the volume, controlling the camera angles. But if they know someone who can do that and they can show up yeah. and do their craft for someone to capture, yeah. that is more powerful than them spending the time learning how to do everything themselves and then starting it. If they can call up say, yeah. hey, Patty, I want to get on the show. I want to record an episode let's let's sit down and talk. Right. It's so much easier than all right, I need to spend 40, 80, 100 hours researching what in the world an RSS yeah. feed is, yeah, how yeah. it works and then creating something.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and if you don't know these days and you want to do it on your phone, just give your phone to a 12-year-old and
0: they'll be glad to show yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll be glad to show you and show you a whole lot quicker yeah, right, yeah. than yeah. you could ever imagine. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. So y'all have worked together a while as brothers and you know it's it's relatable to me because I grew up with my brothers and we all had a lawn care business together Mm -hmm. and then we split off and did our own things one's an attorney one's now a master plumber Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. now I'm a CPA so we're all in different areas and different um avenues but working together you learn different things along the way Mm -hmm. and so kind of from each of you what are some three lessons y'all have gathered throughout not only family business, but being an entrepreneur as a whole. Mm. We'll go youngest We'll, we'll go youngest to old. No, 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 not yeah. from one another, just in general. Uh, Three lessons you've learned along your journey of business. I think you should go oldest first. All right. Oldest I'll be glad to go first.
1: Uh, well, I think it is, uh, the first thing is, is, you know, be coachable and actually seek out coaching, you know. And I think uh, when Pete founded this business, you know, he sought that out. He Pete's in strategic coach. And so a lot of processes that Horizon uses are born out of that. But also he was a great benefactor of having played for Skip Burtman, who was a great master motivator and a great coach. He filters that down as a coach for our company in a great way. So I think it is that, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, be coachable, but also seek out coaching.
2: Yeah. Well, and I would add to that, that's very true and what goes along with that the glue that ties that together which is a little cliche now but it is the glue is getting everyone to see that business through the same lens because if you start putting different people together a lot of a lot of people in our industry a lot of cpas they'll start out as the solo guy you know hang out their shingle they start attracting clients and then like you said they got to start getting help and the minute they hire that first person You now have another person that's showing up to your office every day that, that sees the business a little different than you for sure. Unless you show them what the lens is, right? So we do, I think as good a job as anybody of, and again, i got this from skip, right? And, uh, it's, it's having, how did he get a bunch of, you know, 18 to 21, 22 year olds to see through the same lens at what that team was trying to accomplish. So, I just take that into what we're doing now and make sure we don't have, you know, 10 different versions of horizon. There's one horizon. Matter of fact, we, uh, we have a thing in internally, a document that's called one horizon. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's basically a list of, uh, all kinds of different things, but it's, it's basically saying, this is who we are here. This is our culture. This is what we believe this. And if you don't believe that, that's fine. You know, cause if you fake, like you believe it, eventually it'll spit you out. You know, it, whether you spit yourself out or it spits you out. But so I I say the vision is the number one thing because, you know, Skip, uh, he, he did a couple of quotes over and over and over. I had four years with him at LSU. And the number one thing, and I still write it in my journal, it's the very first thing I write on January 1st when I'm doing the new journal. Andy knows it. Yeah. If it is to be, it's up it's okay. to me. And that was in our locker room, you know. And the second thing was, anything you vividly imagine, ardently desire, enthusiastically act upon must, must come to pass, right? So that vision of what you're trying to accomplish, getting others to see that what's in your head is very difficult without you somehow or another getting it out of your head and onto paper in a format that others can digest it. Cause you just talking about it, it it's just words in the air. You have to focus people on it. And so Mm -hmm. being an entrepreneur, I would say um, there are people that will come to work for you. They're all there for their own reason. So they're not there for your reason. You have to make the vision capable capable of them seeing themselves in the picture. So if you come to work somewhere and you don't see yourself in the picture five years from now, You're just going to show up and cash your check and do your work and you're a nice employee, stay out of trouble. But if you come to work and you buy into what's happening there and you see the vision and you see yourself like, man, I can grow with this firm. I can actually be what I want to be, right? What I want to be here and I can see it happening here. Well, that's the job of the leader to paint that picture that you can follow.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Both of you guys had excellent. <laughs> and you've had plenty of time had to of up with your answer. And are you all ready? No, I think it kind of goes right mm-hmm. along with that. So so being coachable, having a vision, and then being a team player in the sense of uh, everybody's got their own unique gifts and abilities and uh, and show appreciation and gratitude towards others mm-hmm. for that. You don't, uh, you know, you're not going to see a, a a pitcher turn to a shortstop and tell him how to play his his position. Right. Yeah. Let let each person play their position and come together as a team coherently, so that a lot of stuff can get done a lot quicker. If you know, for me, I think one thing that I've had to learn is to let go of stuff. I try to control too much, and <laughs> so for me, allowing staff to help out and allowing uh, others. You know, in in our group, uh, uh, take over something when they're probably the best person, best player on the field to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, and then, like I said, showing appreciation and gratitude. I think mm-hmm. those Big two time. things are massive in any in any relationship. You know, uh, that's, very, that's that's very good. Good answer. Good that, answer. That's so that was what good, answer. Answer. That was good That was good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did you did good. Uh, you did good. Uh, so, what is something? that you did as a kid you wish you could still do today oh great
2: mm. question oh shimmy board huh Bill? Great <laughs> question. uh yeah. i i know mine, mine's easy playing baseball yeah, yeah like i got I, I don't know what it was but throwing a baseball and hitting a baseball made me feel better about myself like it was something i was good at and i could do and so yeah i would go back and do that all day long with my brothers
0: yeah, there you great. go yeah you do in the office we,
3: and we actually did that for a little while we did do <laughs> that <laughs> for a little while <laughs> yeah and so, and it hurt. so it was interesting growing up uh i never got to play with those guys because of the age gap i was yeah. uh four years behind pete five years behind bill and so we never were on the same teams growing up but when later in life later in life and i was maybe early 30s and they were later 30s we all played on one of these adult baseball teams with our brother tom great time. for a year it was a great summer until Tom pulled a Sammy. Tom, yeah <laughs> yeah came up, Yeah,
2: we all pulled something
3: but hey <laughs> we all did pull something but all of us went yard that same year and yeah. I was the last <laughs> yeah to go yard. Uh, yeah so I, I I came back from uh from some vacation I'd missed a few games and Tom Tom went yard I was like what yeah and he was
2: like you're the Left only
3: you. one and my first at bat you went, weren't going down without nah, a
2: fight no. but is that what you would do from when you were younger hit home runs or just no. <laughs> play ball cuz you were 30 when that happened. But, yeah, right,
3: yeah. right, right. That was a long time ago. What would I do? I, I you know, I, I I don't know. I was in my own little world a yeah. lot of times. Patch so. holes in your yeah. shoes. Yeah, yeah, I would patch. I would we do didn't duct tape. Much. I would just use duct tape a lot more. Andy
2: oh. was, we always joke about this because there's six kids in the family and Andy is the youngest and we always joke that this was us anywhere we were out going to out to eat or to a park or whatever, this was us. Right? And then Andy, would, come on, Andy, <laughs> come on, <laughs> right? And then, then you separate out the Andy you had Andy, look, come on, somebody grab lollygagging. And I think
3: <laughs> a lot of that still happens. <laughs> 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 never, never goes away. That's right.
1: Uh, That's right. Mm. Yeah. So for me, I think it would be shampoo my hair. <laughs> uh, you miss, it. You yeah, just miss right, it, yeah. No, it would. It would probably be playing ball. I mean, it was such a big part of us growing up, yeah, and uh, and funny. I think uh, one of the neat things we did we we did have tobacco on our farm, so we raised tobacco, and there's tobacco sticks. And one of the reasons I think we got pretty accomplished as hitters was we would go on the driveway, throw up a piece of gravel, and hit it with a tobacco right. stick. Well, tobacco sticks about that thin. You a piece know? of gravel's
3: about that. Yeah. yeah. So, right. yeah. I mean, you had to have, really develop that
1: good hand eye coordination. That was just a little farm game we played that probably ended up, you know, doing yeah. pretty well by and us. And the
2: original batting gloves were like those big, thick farmer's <laughs> gloves, yeah. you know, so you didn't get splinters. Yeah. You
1: know? <laughs> but yeah, we had some good adventures on the farm. So I would definitely like to go back and do some of
2: that stuff. Yeah. Be young enough that, to that. Was to eight-year some of that was an eight year period stuff. of our life. And we were, you know, I was. Five yeah. when we moved there, and maybe thirteen when we left, and yeah. it's just some formative years, you yeah, know, right. what you learn and see, and and a farm, you know, we worked, you know, we worked, we had animals, well, we well, Andy, Andy, Andy was come um. Andy, we're working, let's go, uh, <laughs> but we fed the, fed the animals, and you know, worked into uh, tobacco, corn, drove tractors, and we were like yeah. eight or nine years old, we're plowing fields, you know, so some of that work ethic came out in that little chapter. And uh, and just some really fun times because yeah. you know the seventies were a cool time to be growing up too,
0: right? Yeah. So what do y'all love about Baton Rouge? Ooh, the people. Yeah, the
2: people here are amazing. They really are. They're, you know, it's uh, I, I I think it's Baton Rouge's number one maybe untapped resource because it's, you can travel pretty much to anywhere, and you know you run into you run into good people it's a everywhere. Big, small town. Yeah, but th- mm-hmm. there's something special about this community. The, the people are different here than when you go to a, a city. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: N- nobody's ever said the new bridge when you answer that question. <laughs> that question. Uh, uh, no, uh, no one has yeah, ever. Well, there's been no mention of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, the bridge, light cycles. You know, New Orleans gets a lot of play on the food thing, right? But I can appreciate the Baton Rouge food scene just having come from. The middle part of the state, where let's face it, the offerings were a little more sparse, right? <laughs> uh, but so I, that's one of the things I've really enjoyed being back. You know, is, is having a lot of choices, right, yeah. to go and enjoy drinking, eating,
3: whatever. You know, entertainment. Yeah. If you travel enough to big cities, you you come to appreciate what you have in Baton Rouge, and it is. It's LSU. It's mm-hmm. you know that that community of uh, uh, rallying around this this uh, college and the sports particularly uh there and uh and i think it's it is just it's, it's a big small town you run like pete said you run into people that were like hey i know you from somewhere where are we get let's go back and and they you know grew up three blocks away from you they went to middle school with you or something yeah. like that or went with your
2: brothers and
3: so it's you make connections really easily. And yet
2: you always have people you how have we been in the same town for yeah, 30 no, years see each other, yeah, and right, right. never run across. I, yeah. I do it, I did
1: appreciate when I first moved back here was the fact that, you know, on during baseball season, it's it's Tuesday or Wednesday night, I can go off, get off of work and go see the LSU Tigers play, you know, oh. baseball. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So yeah, those little things, man, they they mean a lot. Absolutely. And yeah. then
0: for the the final question is what can I do to help you?
2: Hmm. Mm. keep doing your thing man i really enjoyed watching your shows uh the bringing people on and digging into their stories a little bit i've enjoyed going back and looking at some of those some of them like i I had told you before or people we know Mm -hmm. you know that we've worked with for a long time so it's uh it's a it's conversations you get into into with them that we don't get into with them you know so it's almost like you get get to know a person from a different angle when we hear them on your show and yeah just man keep being a good dude in the community yeah. this this city's great and it just needs good people like you to keep doing your thing
1: yeah i think that's it everybody's got a story you know and and you're helping people tell their story so keep doing that you know yeah that's a lot of value in that
0: yeah well i don't i don't intend on stopping there you At least yeah. 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 for the next six months right making right. <laughs> better
2: one interview at a time that's right, yeah. that's, right.
0: that's you man i should have she called you for the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> we're crea- we're analytical, but we're creative. Yeah. So. Yeah. there's we always a, a creative yeah, side a to moment. an analytical person. Uh, totally.
2: Yeah, I gave a speech on that to a bunch of financial advisors, and you know uh, about most of them do consider themselves, you know, academics and analytical and all that. And I proved to them from the stage, which is a long story, that they're really all creative. They just ignore that part of themselves. You
0: know. Yeah, it's mm. it's pushed away so you can focused on that craft mm-hmm. of providing the best service, the best, you know, technical expertise that you can provide to the client. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of one of the things
2: I said, just to keep it short, was, you know, raise your hand if you're married. Guys, uh, just the guys on this one, raise your hand if you're married. And, of course, they raised their hand. And I was like, you're creative, trust me, because <laughs> for <laughs> any of you guys to actually convince somebody to marry you, <laughs>
0: you had to come up with some good stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You had to get creative. <laughs> you right? had to right. get creative. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, thank you all, Bush Brothers. Oh, you bet! Hey, thank you, man. Show. Patty Enjoyed G it. is awesome. Yeah. I appreciate the time and appreciate y'all. You know your story and where y'all came from. I learned a lot, and I want to thank y'all so very much. Yeah, yeah, thank man. you, man. Appreciate it. So, and uh, thank everybody else for tuning in, whether you're listening to us or you're watching us. I appreciate you. I know the guests do as well. You are the reason the show is going where the show is going, and we are able to get there by sharing and commenting and liking the show, subscribing to the podcast whatever platform you listen to also leaving us a review and rating us. You can rate us on Spotify. You can rate us on iTunes, wherever you listen, be sure and let us know you're listening and we'll reach out to you and kind of interact with you as best as we can. And thank you all so very much for tuning in. Thank you so much to Falaya focus studios for allowing us the ability to film and record in here. They take it up to a whole new level Mm -hmm. that, A lot of people in this town haven't seen. If you're interested in starting a show, starting a podcast for your business, reach out to Barrett. Reach out to the show. I'll put you in touch with them and make sure that we can make something happen. And also to Government Taco for our wonderful sponsoring of this show. They have new tacos every month. This month is a sweet taco for Valentine's, and it is called the Ponch Train. It's a dessert taco. If you're into tacos and you're around the Jefferson government area, be sure to check them out and tell them that the patty g show sent you and also to these three lovely gentlemen the bush (laughs) brothers with horizon we get that a lot lovely lovely yeah Yeah. (laughs) always lovely (laughs) they've got a wonderful network of podcasts on their website be sure to go check that out if you're interested in any of the services they provide be sure to reach out to them as well and let them know that you heard from them on the patty g show and we're going to go and hear a listen of a message from horizon right after this and y'all thank y'all so very much and be sure and check out horizon and share their shows as well i'm patty g host of the patty g show thank y'all at
1: horizon financial group we enjoy helping others achieve greater confidence clarity and direction in their lives we realize everyone's path to financial success is unique sometimes you just need a friendly guide along the way Whether it's customized financial planning, individual wealth management, or servicing your company's retirement plan, we've got the team with the experience to help you reach your goals. Horizon Financial Group, helping you provide, protect, and prosper for those counting on you. Visit us at horizonfg.com. Cetera Advisors, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Cetera is a separate entity.